Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Denise Shaw, a passionate yoga teacher who uses her studio to share the many benefits that yoga offers mind, body, and spirit. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm here today with Denise Shaw, who is a certified yoga instructor and owner of You Power Yoga in Edmond. She is passionate about sharing the physical, mental, and spiritual improvements yoga brings. Her wish is to help others experience the joyful, lasting transformation of yoga. You can learn more by visiting your website at upoweryoga.com. Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charles. I'm so pleased to be here. Well, it's good to have you on. And of course, we've known each other for a few years now. Uh, I've done some yoga with you, and we've done some retreats together as well. That's right. We've had a good time, Charles. It's been good. <laughs> we have lots of synergies. Well, and it's really cool, Denise, to have another Edmonite uh, on the show. And uh, since I moved into my office with my colleague just down the hall, it's been one year today at, at the time of this interview. So it's really cool to, to be here with you today. Thanks. I saw that on Facebook this morning, and I couldn't believe it had been that long that you guys moved into that space. And it's beautiful. And Congrats, a full year. That's great. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we're still social distancing and trying to ride that line and decide, you know, how and when and what, but that's a whole can of worms, you know, to open that's up. Fine. But <laughs> but we can get into that too here in a minute. Yeah, 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 we will. <laughs> okay. Well, as you may know, we start each episode with a kickoff question and you've chosen yours and I'll ask that question and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Perfect. Okay. Right. So Denise, when did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing today? So I don't have a specific like lightning bolt date, but um, I started doing yoga about probably 11 years ago. No longer. Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? I get like my aunt go down a rabbit hole trying to figure out exact timing of things. <laughs> right. But around 11 years ago, and I would say at, at the time I started practicing yoga, I was living in Edmond and my kids went to school at um, Oklahoma Christian Schools here in Edmond. I worked at Mercy Hospital. I'm not in the medical field, but I worked in their education department. And then I was like dragging my feet after work to go to a yoga class in Oklahoma City, because at that time there was only one other yoga studio in Edmond and they didn't do heated yoga. It wasn't the type of yoga that, that really um, did it for me. So I was just dragging my feet and, and I kept thinking, gosh, I wish somebody would open a yoga studio in Edmond. And then about, oh, I don't know, three or four years in, I went, oh, you know what? That person might just be me. I, I, I could do that maybe. Yeah. So at the ripe age, old age, young age, I'm not sure which, of 54, I believe I was 54 years old, I um, got my yoga teacher certification and the immediately after that opened the studio. And um, so a lot of people thought that I was nuts because most people start out, they get their yoga certification and then they start teaching at different yoga studios 
following, get some experience. But I had already done health stuff, you know, back in the day, I taught aerobics and jazzercise and that kind of thing. So I had some teaching background in the fitness um, area. And um, I thought, I don't want to take the time to go teach at someone else's studio. I'm old enough already. I need to put the wheels on the bus and let's get going here. So I just opened it up and it's been such a blessing to, to my life and such a big, it's just had a huge impact on my life in every, every way. Absolutely. And I know that it has uh, from firsthand experience. I've heard you recount your story in different ways at different times. And so let me get the approximate timeline. How long has Upower Yoga been there? We opened in 2013. So okay. we are in, yeah, we've been here for over six years. And our location is on 2nd Street between Bryant and Coltrane. So if people are familiar with Bryant Square, we are not in Bryant Square, but we're just east of there. And uh, we've been in that same location since we opened. And um, yeah, it's a busy, busy street, which is a blessing and a curse, right? You, you have all the traffic, but then you have the people going by and they go, oh, yoga. So it's good. Right. You have both, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but plenty of parking. So that's a good thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, recently there's been a new development in Edmond down by the railroad tracks. I forget what it's called, railroad something. And it is a really cool space, but it is right on the railroad tracks. And that developer came to me and really wanted me to move my studio into that space. And it's, it's such a cool space that the rent was way higher than what is reasonable. And I couldn't imagine those trains zipping by all day long and trying to function with that. I know you could work it into the class, but really wasn't my interest. So, but Edmund has seen a lot of growth. You know, we've had a lot of, of yoga studios come in and unfortunately because of this pandemic that we're in right now, one of them uh, closed their doors permanently just a few days after we were told that we needed to, not have people in the studio and then another has closed just in the past week or so permanently so it's um it's kind of tricky tricky treading right now but we're making it just fine and um we, we've got a really nice client base and they're responding well to the classes that we're offering online it's virtual everything right just like you and i are doing this virtual interview so we're doing those classes online too and they've been well received we're grateful for that yeah, I am too. And I'm sure that the folks that um, are involved with Upower Yoga on a regular basis are grateful for that too. We talked a little bit and I follow along on social media too, which of course I'll drop those links down in the show notes of this episode. But uh, we were talking off microphone a little bit about the um, adjustments that you've been trying to make, the pivot uh, into, into the more virtual streaming yoga classes if you'd like, just share a little bit about some of the, I guess, struggles and wins, if you'd like, about how that's been and, and what the, the challenges are and what some of the successes have been. Yeah, so it, it has been really, really just weird, Charles. I, you know, you and I were saying earlier, this is just surreal. But we, um, in three days time, once we were told to close, three days later, we had classes online virtually using Zoom. And we have, we don't have the entire schedule on, but I don't know, I'm not very good at numbers, but I would guess, you know, 70%, 50% of the classes that we offer are online now. 
And so we did that relatively quickly. And it was uh, indeed, I thought, a painful <laughs> process because our, our schedule is loaded up through software where people can book online and purchase online. And so I had to remove all of those existing classes and add in virtual classes and they had to be loaded a little bit differently. And um, since we only thought, you know, people are thinking two weeks at a time, it seems through this whole process. And so I would only take two weeks off and put two weeks on and then we were two weeks longer. And so that process has just gone over and over again. And um, there has been just a lot of movement and, and work with it, but you know, what, what's the alternative? The alternative is just to roll over feet up in the air, dead bug. And we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. This is too important for our instructors, for our clients, for continue in this practice. And um, so we're happy to do it and it's working for us. I'll be very glad to get back into the studio when people feel comfortable being there again. Fingers crossed, that's same. <laughs> yes, my fingers are crossed with you on that. And I'm sure a lot of, if there are those business owners that can uh, relate to having schedules and workshops or, or timed events, you know, seasonal events, I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, I've missed uh, major presentations that I was scheduled to be a part of or even to lead. Um, some of them have been rescheduled, some have been canceled. And that represents really a major, from a business perspective, um, a major opportunity missed for uh, potential customers, you know, to, to reach out to folks that may be interested in my services and with what I do and, and what you do also, it's, it's very personal and it's very, um, you're in the same physical space, you know, talking about life, talking about, in your case, movement and, and the body. Uh, which is one of the things I'm transitioning here, a little segue, as a person who spends a lot of time in their head myself, you know, what I found rewarding about yoga is it's a way to enter the body and a way to be present. And I've been practicing mindfulness with the mind and the emotions and uh, in, in, other, in the breath for years before we met. But what I really enjoyed about learning about you power yoga is, um, these are my words, it is, is that you all meet people where they're at. And I think that is incredibly generous and caring. Uh, and so I'll stop going on about that. But just if you would talk a little bit about you power yoga, and you could call it the philosophy, but just the way that you meet folks and, and how you engage with uh, people that are coming to your studio to do yoga. Well, I appreciate you saying that, that we meet people where they are. That is really an important part of you power yoga i've been in in many studios around the country and some are welcoming and others are not so much and people feel intimidated by the practice of yoga for some reason i don't really know why people do but many many people report that they have thought about doing yoga for a long time intimidated and it took them forever there and then they say, why did I wait, you know? So we really do strive at, at um, our studio to create a very welcoming space where people who have been practicing for a long time feel welcome and comfortable. And people who have never practiced before, who have not done any kind of physical movement for a long time, they may not feel comfortable as they enter the door, but I think after they've been there a few minutes, they feel like we have welcomed them, accepted them, we want, 
everyone to feel comfortable there. So we have all different types of classes for people to meet them, like you said, where they are so that they can enter into the practice and get the benefits from it. A lot of the benefit of yoga is not just a, the physical practice of it, but uh, I have a book. And so I've taken this wording from, from this book that, that I read about once a year and they call refer to the, the physical practice of yoga as tapping the pipes so that you are kind of getting the body better able to receive higher energy, calmer energy, what, whatever the body, the mind, the spirit needs so that the body helps bring that in. So we're working sort of from the outside in rather than inside out. And I think, especially in our Western culture, that's an easier, it's an easier access point because people are, especially people, People who move their bodies are, are accustomed to that. They run, they, they do weightlifting, they do whatever they do. But to integrate that, um, uh, some level of movement with your breath, with an intention, and let that intention come through every breath, and let the entire practice be about moving toward something that's meaningful either to you or energy that you want to send to someone else. And so like, especially in today's class, we focused so much on remember the type of energy that you want to create for yourself today and all through the practice. I, I put out reminders about that. And um, I think it really does help people to either lift their energy higher if they need it to be elevated or in these times it may be that people are feeling so anxious they need to reduce that level of energy to a calmer a calmer flow <clears throat> and you can do the same everybody gets depending on where they intended to go so it's really it's just it's such a magical thing yeah. And one of the words that comes up for me is it's adaptable. You know, when, when there's this focus of meeting people where they're at, um, there's flexibility, uh, yeah. no pun intended, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and adaptability, which those all go into creating, as you mentioned, the word, a meaningful experience. When, when I can meet, when anyone can meet another person where they truly are, we're listening, we're paying attention. We're in a posture of welcoming, of grace, of, whatever words, but certainly presence with that individual and asking them what they need and what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's, those are values and postures that I take with those that I serve as well. Uh, coaching is, you know, there are coaches out there that push and push and, you know, and, and maybe, you know, quite, uh, I would consider over the top, yes. but that's, that's just from my personality perspective. And so me, I'm much more accommodating and want to meet people where they're at so that, they can get where they need to go. And uh, so they can raise their energy or adjust it as they need to. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. And you know what? I was writing a little note to myself here as you were sharing this part of, of our conversation. And this is a, um, a term that you had used with me during one of our uh, workshops that we co-led. And it's called, I think you call it Embrace the Shake. Uh, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. I love really this idea. Yeah. 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 So so tell us about Embrace the Shake. What is that? What does it mean? And, and how do we do it? Okay. So in the studio, we have some phrases or words written upside down 
uh, just above the baseboard so that when you are in down dog where your head is you're upside down, your upper body is upside down, hands and feet on the floor, high knee in the air, that's down dog. So you can read these phrases and they look normal to you when you're upside down, different perspective, right? So one of the phrases on the back of the room is embrace the shake. And it's there because that's sort of my motto, not only for a yoga practice, but for your whole life. Like when things get difficult in the body, you're trying to do something that your body is not accustomed to doing, or you're doing something that your body knows how to do, but you're holding that position longer, or you're pushing deeper, or you're putting more pressure. The body begins to shake in it's a neurological response. And when you embrace that shake, you are getting stronger. So you can embrace the shake on the mat. You can embrace that shaking in a relationship in a difficult conversation, in the breakdown of a relationship or the forming of a new relationship. And as long as you don't freak out over the shaking, you'll come out better, stronger on the other side every single time. So that is one of my mantras in class, embrace the shake, embrace the shake. I shake every day, every day doing yoga. And um, I think everybody else should too. <laughs> 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 right. So if people want to embrace the shake, that first of all, what I'm hearing is it's okay. It's natural. It's normal. Yeah. And it represents this threshold, this opportunity to pass into a new area of growth, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, anyway. Exactly. Very well, Charles. Exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I am a coach, so I love to sum things up and, uh, <laughs> and be reflective about stuff. Um, <laughs> well, really good. And so, Denise, I do like to provide the opportunity for folks to share at whatever level is comfortable. But with this idea of embracing the shake, uh, I know that you speak from experience, and, and I won't claim those experiences for you, but are there some experiences that you've been through that you want to share with our listeners where you've been able to embrace the shake and, and uh, found out what that's like from the other side, even off yes. of the yoga mat itself. Yes, for sure. So um, I've, uh, everybody has been through lots of things, right? That, that build their character or um, show them how much strength that they have. So, and, and we all have multiple experiences like that. I am no different than anyone else in that department. The biggest embrace the shake that I ever did was... Um, the dissolution of an almost 34-year-old marriage or a 34-year marriage to the man who is the father of both of my grown boys. So we had been married and I became aware that there were more people involved in that marriage myself was comfortable <laughs> with. And, um, and so I started to, at first I thought, well, maybe I am too old. I think I was 57 when this occurred. And uh, when I found out about it, it had apparently been happening for quite some time and I was um, unaware. But uh, anyway, when I found out, I thought, well, I, I think maybe I'm too old to get out on my own and be single after all this time. And, and maybe I can just deal with this. And so I sort of adjusted my sales in that direction to begin with. And then as I began to learn more and more about what was actually occurring, I thought I, I cannot, I cannot stay in this relationship and be anything like 
the person that I know myself to be and aspire to be. I would have to, uh, I would have to have had a lobotomy to stay there. Honestly, that sounds so awful, but it's true. <laughs> and so I, and that was my embrace the shake. Like, no, I, I have to end this. I have to get a divorce. I have to get out on my own. I have to be scared to death about finances, my ability to take care of everything. Um, it was scary as hell. And there was a whole lot of shaking and crying and sleepless nights and, you know, the whole gamut of emotions that went on. And it was very, very scary. But I, I got the, the divorce was done. I, I moved into uh, a home that I loved and I started to reclaim my life and I found just a lot of, uh, I don't want to say pride in that prideful way, but I, I was very, I felt much more sure of myself and able and it was the best thing. It was absolutely the best thing that I did. And I, I became happier. And then over the course of time, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of work to resolve the emotional issues that go along with that, um, you know, that, that amount of time spent with someone, the betrayal connected to that. And um, so I did spend a lot of time. I worked very hard on those emotional issues and I healed things up really pretty well, you know, nobody's ever completely healed, right? We all carry those little scars and, and snaggy places on us. Right. But, um, but I did, I did heal well and became healthy. And um, then just to fast forward, uh, was introduced by mutual friends to a man who is now my husband. And, um, you know, we have been married for a little over like a year and a half, I guess. And we just could not be happier. It's, and it's, and it's so thrilling. So for people, I, I would just love for people to know if you've got some really tough decision, some really difficult action that you need to take and you feel in your spirit that you should do it, but you are scared, do it anyway, do it anyway. There's going to be such it's a process, of course. You don't just go, oh, and now I feel great. It doesn't happen like that. But but you don't want to miss out on anything that could be coming your way because you're afraid to step out and do or take or speak or walk. I love that so much, Denise. Thank you for sharing that. You know, just like um, just like you mentioned, the fear factor. A concept that I talk a lot about in my work is courage. And that has different connotations and different meanings. But one of my favorite meanings goes back to the French of cour, which means heart. Mm. And, and if you trace the word heart back, it can mean emotion. In, in our time, we mean emotion a lot of times by that word. But it really means center. Mm -hmm. It means the core, uh, the cour in French, mm. the center of something or someone. And when we are centered in who we are and what matters most, we are going to do the right thing, no matter how hard or scary it is. Now we may balk, we may stop and start, 
<laughs> we may shake. shake. <laughs> Thank you for the visual cue. <laughs> Very timely. And and you know what? But as you say, if we if we can embrace the shake, if, if we, we can be centered in who we are and what matters most to us and what we know is right, then that's going to give us the courage to move forward. And I've seen that again and again and again in my own life. And every guest that I've had on the show has had those experiences where they can describe them in their own language that's, that really resonates with what you just shared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's got those stories. And so the important thing is that you just move through that, that scary place onto the other side and, um, and find the benefit, find the joy, find the strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the joy. I've, I followed it on social media that the whole process of you getting married and celebrating that. And I thought, man, here, it, I mean, just sparkles. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's awesome to find, uh, to find love late in life. <laughs> That's a yeah, because now I'm, uh, I'm 62. It's hard for me to remember how old I am because I don't feel like it. Right. And um, so sometimes I have to think really hard and long, but I am, I'm 62 and to have gotten married when I was 60 years old, that's pretty crazy, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but okay. That's what <laughs> you said. Crazy a, it's crazy in a good way. It's something sure. like when you're 25 years old, you never think, well, I'm pretty sure that when I'm 60, I'm going to get married. Well, no, nobody thinks that. No, it, it, that wasn't the plan, right? It wasn't the plan, but boy, sometimes plans are overrated. Oh, I love that statement. That'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Denise, we can go any direction you like. I do like to do this during each episode, too, and open it up. I want to hear more about the studio, more about um, what you have upcoming. Um, yeah, so we can go there if you'd like to next. What have you got coming up? Uh, I would, I would. So we have some really exciting uh, opportunities coming up for yoga teacher training. And we, um, I had been thinking about doing a yoga teacher training for some time. And it's a lot of information that, that goes into a teacher training. And it's very, it, it's just a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge. And so kind of how life works, you know, one thing leads to another thing and everything seems disconnected. And then all of a sudden it goes, whoop. And I had an experience like that where one of my instructors had been looking to do his 300 hour yoga teacher training pause. So there's a, a 200 hour yoga teacher training, which is like the entry level in order to be a certified yoga instructor, you have to have your 200 hour training, <clears throat> excuse me. Then the next one up from there is a 300 hour training which means that then you're a 500 hour trained instructor. So this instructor for U Power Yoga was, had already completed his 200 hour and was looking to do his 300 hour. And he found a lady named Kathy Ross in Dallas, the Dallas area, who was doing a 300 hour teacher training. He had been speaking to her and he had talked to me about how much she, he enjoyed her. And I had been looking to do a 300 hour. So I thought, well, maybe I'll check her out. And in the meantime, the studio that she was using in Dallas, it was no longer working that their relationship, she didn't own the studio, but the relationship between her and that studio dissolved. And so she was looking for a place to do the training. And so I thought, ah, what if I get her to come up here and do it at U Power Yoga, and then I can do my 
training with her, we can call and we can invite other people to come in and do the 200 or the 300 and we're doing them concurrently. And um, so we had a phone meeting and I really got a good vibe from her. So the next step was the very next weekend, I went down with my manager and she had partnered up with another instructor named Robin Halford in um, Fort Worth to offer this training. And um, so we met face-to-face in Ardmore at the Mercy Hospital location, because, you know, I used to have a, 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 a relationship with Mercy Hospital, so they let me use one of their meeting rooms. So we met down there, still none of us knowing, are we going to do this? Is this really something that would work? And within two hours, we had not only decided, yes, we're going to have the training. We had the dates, we had the prices, we had um, lodging figured out for them. They're going to come and stay at my house, my husband and, and my house. And um, so anyway, the training starts on June the 12th and it will be through November and uh, we'll meet on Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, or half the day, a little over half the day Sunday. And then there will be homework and projects. Mm -hmm. I hate to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Denise. I think I'm not sure if we got a little matrix effect going on, but I want to make sure that if, if that didn't record well, that, that we hear it. So it starts June 12th and then on my end, it cut out. Okay. So it starts on June the 12th and it's one weekend a month from June through November. Okay. We'll do Friday evening, all day Saturday and about maybe half or three fourths of the day on Sunday. And then people will have homework and projects and those of us that are doing the 300 hour, which is my, the studio manager, the instructor that I was speaking about who started this whole thing, um, rolling down the hill anyway, and myself. So three of us right now are going to be the 300 hour trainees and we will be working, mentoring. I put that in those air quotes because I don't feel, um, I don't know. I'm kind of uncomfortable with that word mentoring where I'm concerned to mentor someone else, but that's what she's calling us to work with the 200 hour um, trainees. And so I think it's just going to be a great deal of fun. We brought Robin and Kathy up for a workshop weekend in March fully. It was right before all this COVID-19 stuff started happening. And, um, people came and took their classes and did the workshops and they absolutely enjoyed them. They're funny. They're fun. They're lighthearted. They just dovetail right into our studio vibe. And so we're very, very excited to be offering this and there is space available. If people were, are interested in that, the um, information is on our website at upoweryoga.com. There's a tab that says teacher training and it gives bios of those instructors. It gives the dates, the prices, all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's not for people who you don't have to want to teach yoga in order to do this training. It, it creates such a deepening of your practice and what's happening in the body, in the mind, in the spirit. And um, a lot of people who do the training don't intend to teach. They simply want to grow in their yoga practice. And that's such a legitimate thing to do. So it'd be beneficial for anybody who's interested. Okay, excellent. Well, I'll make sure and provide that link again yeah. in the show notes. And uh, so one question that I had that came up is um, how much experience should a person have with yoga in considering whether to enroll in the training? 
I don't think that it's necessary to, uh, I mean, I, I think you should have had a few classes, right? Yeah. You don't you want to come in there just completely green. Um, and I say that even only because you wouldn't want to invest that amount of time and money in something if you didn't know that you liked it already. So, but you don't have to be able to do all of the poses. You don't have to do crazy arm balances. One lady who is going to be joining us had her knee replaced on Monday. So she will a complete knee replacement. So she'll start this practice with us in a break, uh, in a big knee brace, still doing rehab. And when she was expressed concern about that, I said, it's perfect because we get people in class who have knee problems, shoulder problems, back problems. And we, it's really good to know how to help them through the practice so that they experience the, the poses in a, in a helpful, beneficial way, and they don't create injury. And it's not, you can still come to a class with an issue in your body and work around it. We, I do, for heaven's sake, I'm 62 years old and I've been a very active person my whole life. I've got some issues. So it, it's really beneficial for people kind of regardless of where they are in their yoga practice. And they're going to gain so much more than just the physical practice out of the training. Yeah, well, that's a, such an important point, too, then. So there's another barrier that's knocked down for those folks listening in that are interested. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't have to have a lot of experience. And, yeah. But, but a, a sincere interest would be helpful to carry you through Absolutely. the practice. And you don't have to necessarily want to teach it. But just to deepen your own practice, it's a way to be involved at that level. So right. it sounds pretty right. exciting to me. As it, a person, go ahead. I think it is. And I'll tell you that my yoga teacher training that I did in Dallas years ago was, it absolutely changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. I became much more compassionate for myself. And I, I would never consider myself to be a patient person. really like to use that phrase because I don't want to find opportunities to practice being patient. But I think it, uh, Right. You've, you've heard that one about don't pray for patience. <laughs> That's a bad thing right. to do. So, um, or at least it is for me, but it did change my outlook um, toward other people and my ability to be kind and forgiving, just compassionate, compassionate is really the best way for me to say it and, and much more accepting of things because if I can go segue here just a little. Sure. Uh, I think for a lot of people, when we use the word accept, which we, A-C-C-E-P-T, right? Accept. And we use that word a lot in yoga, acceptance, equanimity, being okay with what's going on in the moment. And I think for a lot of people, they find that word to mean agreement, like acceptance is agreement, but it's not. You don't have to agree that we all love this pandemic that we're in, in order to accept that we're all in a pandemic. So it really helped me with that aspect of my life. And I had been doing yoga for probably six or seven years before I did that teacher training. And even though that was talked about, I never really understood it at all until I did the yoga teacher training. And it was like a magnificent turnaround for me. Yes. And I know that it will have that effect for other people in different areas. Every, it's going to speak differently to everybody. 
Right. And one of those things, this is, again, me talking, but when I see you meeting people where they're at, especially around pain, and, and the, then the word compassion came up for you, compassion means with pain. It means to be with the pain, to empathize, to sympathize, um, and to be able to relate to it. And, you know, I know when I went through enough of my own struggles, my share of struggles, and I'm pretty demanding on other people, and I'm even more demanding on myself. It's my personality type. Um, I have high expectations, and they don't turn off easily. But when I found out a little bit about compassion through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other practices, mindfulness practices and equanimity, once I found that word, I'm like, where is that in the English language? We need, more, <laughs> we need more of that in the West. Um, yeah. And then the word acceptance, which is huge. And no, it does not mean to, uh, it does not mean to condone whatever's going on. It does not mean that. It can, but it does not, that's not the sense we're talking about it here. Uh, another related word that I like to use, Denise, is non-resistance. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's similar to embracing. So embracing the shake, being not resisting what's going on and wishing that the conditions of our lives were other than what they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really what acceptance is for me. It's like, it's mindfulness. It's this is the moment. My thoughts are going. I don't, my body hurts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're a yogi. You're a yogi. You really are. Because that's exactly what it is. Like there are some days when I am scheduled to teach and maybe my SI joint, which is a problem for me from Taekwondo, I took a really nasty kick and um, it, it just jacked up all of my SI joint, pelvic bones, hip, everything. And uh, sometimes it's really hurting me. And I, in my in my regular brain, if I don't tap into my, my yoga brain, which I don't have to make that shift as often as I used to, it's still a shift sometimes, but, but when I'm in that physical pain, I can go, oh God, I don't want to teach. I'm got whiny. I can hear the whine in my head. I don't want to teach. And I just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> and I go, yeah, but the fact is that you're scheduled to teach tonight and you're going to teach. And so then I'm like, I get on my mat and, and I will say at the beginning of class, sometimes I'm going to be modifying a lot because my SI joint hurts tonight. And that's just how it is for me today. And then I'll be danged if by the end of every practice without fail, always and forever, I feel better in my mind, in my body, every way better. And that's an amazing thing to me. And I, I like I said, I did I did Taekwondo for seven years, second degree black belt in Taekwondo. I did weightlifting, ugh, which uh, God love everybody who loves lifting weights, but it, it ain't me. And I did, I've just done a lots and lots of different types of exercise, including dancing, which was the closest thing to yoga. But I have never had anything that affects me so positively does. And if I don't do it, um, I don't have, I don't have to do it every single day, but if I skip more than two days in a row, I tell, I can tell, I get kind of cranky and a little snippy and I don't like me quite so much. So I get myself on my mat. <laughs> right. And you've learned to tune into those signs, which is another part of practice, you know, to be conscious of those, mind states that we can get into the emotions that crop up the maybe the way that we're talking to other people that we care about 
I know I'm speaking about myself right now. <laughs> or the way we're talking to ourselves. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That I would never talk to anybody else like you know, that I way. know. Yeah. What is that? And that is common with everybody. We will, we would never say to our best friend, the things that we will say to ourselves. And it's just pitiful kind of, but if you, if you don't think about it, if you're not aware of it, if you don't listen to it, you're, you, you're not even aware of all the negative, awful things you're saying to yourself. And, and I, when I really, really started getting that, um, I changed the way I spoke about myself out loud and inside my head. Um, you know, because how many times do you, have you lost something and you go, God, I'm such an idiot. Where is that? Well, don't do that. <laughs> Everyone loses things. Right. And we're listening. You know, the things that I say to myself, I'm listening to. We don't think about ourselves as another person sometimes. And that took yeah. me a while to do that. Those gymnastics, yeah. those internal gymnastics and, <laughs> and recognize, oh, love others as you love yourself. Okay, wait a minute. Let me really think about that. <laughs> wait, there's a message there that I've been missing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that the Western world maybe has been missing. But, mm -hmm. um, but certainly yeah. yoga provides that and, and mindfulness and gardening and you know just awareness practices and well okay this is all really cool stuff so i'm excited for you denise about the uh, the teacher training that's going to start on june 12th and the information yeah. that folks can go get there i love that you've shared your story with us and i know that's going to impact folks that are listening in and uh, be helpful to them i wanted to also pick your brain and get your ideas for how you personally are navigating covid 19 and the pandemic and you know staying at home and how it's affecting you and then what you're doing that's working for you to help you get through mm -hmm. well we are we really are staying home a lot my husband and i um we've i guess for about two weeks when they said you know we're about to peak and and everybody please stay home we were like okay we really did we did the home delivery or pick up the groceries at the curbside and we just didn't get out. We didn't do anything. We stayed home. And um, so being reasonably recently married, I, I know we get along so great. We laugh. We have such a good time. He is so loving and kind and sweet to me. And I think I am the same with him. And so I just thought, well, you know, this will be a really um, interesting time to see how we do in close quarters around the clock. He's a very active person too. He does yoga. Steve does yoga with me. He plays tennis. He plays golf some, not, not so much golf, but lots of tennis. Well, they closed the tennis club where we live and in, in our neighborhood. And so, but they left the outdoor tennis courts open. And so he played outdoor tennis and, you know, we would walk the golf course or take a walk or whatever, but we got along really great. And um, we've watched a lot of Netflix and I've done, I worked quite a lot trying to get everything revamped for the classes that we offer virtually. And um, so there was a lot of work involved and um, we were very, I think very aware that this could be a tense time for us. And um, so I think we, we just both were a little more um, accommodating and kind of upped our kindness factor, if you will. And it really has not been difficult on that, the relationship. Um, and we did get outside quite a lot and we did yoga just about every day. And I think that was really helpful. That's certainly 
has been um, a lifesaver for me. And uh, I forgot what part of your question was, Charles. You said co- no. oh, co- mechanisms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the- we, we just sort of um, we just sort of hunkered down, and I I did I, I was meditating on just trying to be okay with all of this because like everyone else I imagined that fears would pop up and and I would hear those fears I didn't just smash them down I would hear them but then I would just be still you know and think it's going to be what it's going to be and we're doing the best we can in this situation and we're we're just allowing it to, to roll out. However, it's rolling out and we're doing the best that we know how to do. And, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say disheartened, but I think right now in this period of time where we are in early May, where a lot of people are still afraid that we haven't seen the worst of it. And a lot of people think it's ridiculous. It's overblown. Get over it. Get on with your life. And no one has been through a pandemic before. And so no one has the answers. No team of people has the answers. People have ideas about it might go this way or it might go this way. And so that, that whole thing, like the, the gentleman who was shot in front of the Dollar General or the Dollar Store in Flint, Michigan the other day, because he was wearing a mask or because he asked customers to wear a mask. I don't know exactly how that went, but I have seen people be unkind to others because they either are or are not wearing a mask. And I just think since we don't, don't be like that, I would really, I would just hope that people could be kinder and more accepting of what other people's responses are everybody i think is is doing the best that they can and i think everybody just really needs to chill out a little and not be cranky when people have a different opinion i agree so much and i'll publicly say that with you that um it, first of all thank you for sharing the tips and the experience that you've had and the intentions that you've set for around the house about being more kind and more accommodating and <clears throat> making space for one another around the house and then putting your practice to um, to real lived experience that's important too I think I picked up on that um, you know to be accepting of conditions and um, and still be kind with those that you care about and then to the bigger scale where we're looking at the the larger social fabric and even globally where folks even in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where oh my goodness, you know, the the amount of threats of violence and even to the police department and we could go on and but I certainly echo what you're saying and really a call to sanity. Yes. For for there's a better part of each one of us that exists. And um, I would love for us to be able to tap into this, right? That part of us right now, because it exists. And I think we've forgotten and the stress and the polarization and the compartmentalization that our society is really great at. It's wonderful for building new technologies and, and, uh, and getting stuff done in our lives, but it's not really great for being a complete person. Mm -hmm. And so to use the suffering as an opportunity for compassion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll send that intention out into the universe and into our listeners and hope that they receive it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, Denise. So we, I think we've got all the contact information. Did you want to share any uh, anything else with us as uh, parting words? Any 
any other thoughts or contact information? Well, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and um, the first class is always free, either virtual or in the studio. So if you sign up for the class virtually, you'll need to send me an email or um, just email the studio, Denise at youpoweryoga.com or what, you know, it's on our contact page. You can email me and we'll put your freebie in because if you don't um, pay for the class virtual, if you don't pay for a virtual class, there's not a way for us to get the class to you, unfortunately. So um, yeah, I would love for people to, to just be kinder to themselves. And as an outpouring of that, once you're kinder to you, you're going to be kinder to other people because that's just how it works. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, there's nothing else I can put on top of that. Denise Shaw, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been a privilege. Thank you, Charles. I am honored to be here and I'm so, so happy to get to talk to you. I've missed your face. I've missed yours too. <laughs> You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you are meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today. Today.